Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me your host Dan the Viking. Now we do love a bit of controversy on this show and this show is nothing less. We will be talking about one of possibly the most controversial topics in British history and that is what we call the Northern Irish Protocol. Uh, this week we will be dealing with a gentleman named Bobby Sands and we'll get into a little bit of detail about him first but I'll give you a little bit of a background. Essentially Northern Ireland uh, has been a hotbed in British history for many many years. There are a lot of people in Britain who believe Northern Ireland is part of Britain and there are a lot of people in Britain who believe that Northern Ireland is Ireland essentially it's the same bloody island um, and there are a lot of people who have a bit of controversy with this now Northern Ireland has been a hotbed in British history for many many years um, and there are a lot of problems mainly due to the fact that the British have not treated the Irish very well throughout all of history um, and this causes problems all right now the problems have escalated they they've de-escalated recently but they escalated a lot uh, during the 20th century and what the problem is in northern ireland is is a very difficult one there are two sets of people there are catholics and protestants and during irish history the protestants who lived in ireland were essentially persecuted ousted from Ireland because Ireland is a Catholic country the British government who were in control of Ireland at the time decided to move all the Protestants into a section at the top and shut off the border now the problem with that is that section at the top was a very affluent rich area of the country and the British knew exactly what they were doing by shutting that off to the rest of Ireland now you add to the fact that the British like I said have not treated the Irish very well over the last few centuries and well destroyed killed left to famine um, you know really destroyed the Irish population there were a lot of people in Northern Ireland who weren't happy that all these people had now been moved into their area um, that is a really broad um, example of it um, I personally fall down on the side of um, Ireland should be Ireland um, whether that annoys people um, then I apologise um, I don't mean to offend anybody um, I certainly don't agree with bloodshed on either side um, which there has been for many many years but I do believe that if somebody came into England and took a big section of England away and said you can't have that anymore I would be a little bit pissed off so whether the people who live in that particular section turn around and say well we're not English anymore I would still be a little bit pissed off because that's part of my country so I understand the Irish plight anyway that is a real real broad um, explanation of it and I will do um, a deeper one on the Irish problem uh, on the Northern Ireland problem I will also do one on Bloody Sunday um, which was well not a good not a good part of British history but this week 
we are dealing with a gentleman named Bobby Sands, or Robert Gerard Sands. Now, he was born on March the 9th, 1954, in Rathcool, Newton Abbey, Northern Ireland. And he died just 27 years later in Her Majesty's Prison, Mays, near Lisbon, in Northern Ireland. Now, he was an officer of the Irish Republican Army, or the IRA, which I'm sure many of you have heard of. Uh, they rose to prominence massively in the 1980s, and Bobby Sands embarked on a hunger strike when he was arrested. This hunger strike was uh, a fatal one. He, he died because of this. Now, Sands had a rough childhood. Um, which included several assaults by unionists, parliamentarians um, and local Protestant gangs. And this was the big problem in Northern Ireland. There was this massive divide between Protestants and Catholics. And if you were a Catholic and you entered into a Protestant area, you were going to get the shit kicked out of you. Even though it was your country, even though it was your country probably 100 years ago, 50 years ago, didn't matter you would get the shit kicked out of you and, and unfortunately Bobby Sands was one of these Catholics who grew up during that time now this decision led him to volunteer for the IRA and I totally understand why it did he joined the IRA in 1972 and Sands was arrested twice the first time he was arrested for weapons possession um, and, and that was in 1972 so he literally joined and got arrested straight away. Uh, he was imprisoned at Longkesh Detention Centre and he was de um, designated a special category prisoner due to his involvement of the IRA. Now, the special category status acknowledged a sort of a, like a political status and granted those prisoners the right to wear their own clothing, um, free associations with other special category prisoners, um, the right to organise their own educational and recreational activities, um, access to visits and parcels once a week. Um, and while in prison, he let another leading IRA activist known as Jerry Adams. Now, Jerry Adams is extremely famous in the IRA. Um, and Sands soon became a commanding officer in the IRA. Um, he was known for his public knowledge of leftist political authors such as George Jackson, uh, Franz Fanon, Che Guevara, um, as well as Irish socialists, uh, you know, like James Connolly, um, and urged more socialist pro politics within the Republican movement. Um, while on remand, he married his girlfriend of several years, um, who was also the mother of his child. And after his release in April 1976, he quickly reintegrated into IRA activities, um, including numerous community organisation efforts. Um, Sands and three other suspected IRA members were arrested six months later. He was then convicted of another weapons charge and sentenced to 14 years imprisonment in Mays Prison. Now, at the time it was called Longkesh, but it's now called Mays Prison. During his second imprisonment, however, Sands found himself in a new situation. The British government, through a policy known as criminalisation, had rescinded the special category status granted to Republican prisoners. The British government attempted to publicly portray any Republican activity as that of ordinary and not political, 
Um, so criminals continued to rely on closed hearings, secret evidence and extended detention without charges in order to gain convictions on suspects of IRA members. Now, the reason for that is anyone who was convicted um, of a crime and they were linked to the IRA, so during the early uh, early 70s, they were basically told that the IRA was a political movement and therefore they were granted a political status in prison. When the British rescinded that, it meant that anybody who was arrested for the IRA went down as a normal prisoner. They weren't given any special treatment in prison. They weren't classed as political prisoners. They were just criminals or what the British portrayed as terrorists. Um, and like I said, many, many times there were IRA um, members who were arrested for terrorism um, and some of them legitimately some of them not so um, there were in Britain in the 1980s it was it was just it was horror um, there were people growing up with not knowing if there were car bombs or things like that going off um, and many of these were linked or attributed to the IRA now they are what I would call terrorist attacks Um they obviously call themselves freedom fighters um and again like i said i see both sides of the coin um they're not in a they weren't in a position to fight the british army um hand to hand so there are different tactics that are used in warfare um the british saw the ira as a terrorist organization the ira see themselves as an army that is standing up for the irish people so what they say in uh, in history, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, and this is exactly the case with the IRA. But anyway, as a result of the criminalization policy, as well as the rampant physical and verbal abuse by warders, because you've got to remember, this was in Northern Ireland, so all the warders, the wardens, um, the prison officers, they were all Protestant. So they they saw these guys as scum, you know, they they would kick them, they'd beat them, they'd spit on them, everything. You know, they, this is how they were treated in prison. Now, bearing in mind, many of these guys were just arrested because they were suspected to be part of the IRA. Some of them were just arrested because they had links to the IRA. Um, some of them hadn't actually committed any real crimes, um, but they were still uh, treated like scum. So many Republican prisoners decided to go on a protest which ended with their hunger strike that was less than five years later. The two main forms of protest, both of which uh, Bobby Sands participated in, were known as the blanket and the dirty protest, uh, wherein prisoners would only wear a blanket instead of prison uniforms and, refu and refuse to wash. And I'm pretty sure we all know what a dirty protest is. Um... And there are pictures online of these prison cells that were literally smeared with human feces. Um, and that's they just did it all over the place, no matter where they were. And they would just wipe it all over the walls, all over the floors, everywhere. Um, throughout this time, Sands grew quite popular amongst other protesting prisoners, known by his pen name of Marcilla, which was his sister's name. Uh, Sands contributed to the Sinn Féin newspaper and entertained other prisoners with recited and original stories often told in Gaelic, which is a language that is kind of lost in time. It's the original Irish language. 
Um, he continued writing his own poetry and focused on the love his love of ornithology by tracking birds that he saw outside his window. Little progress was seen after five years of a blanket and dirty protest, which led to the decision to engage in a rolling hunger strike um, to the death. Sands, who advocated for the use of hunger strike, immediately volunteered and chose to lead the strikes, which began on March the 1st, 1981. Sands' hunger strike garnered both national and international attention, and as well as public requests that the British government grant the prisoners demands. People saw what was going on and resonated with it and decided, you know, sort of said, you know, these guys were arrested two years before this this time and they were given much better treatment than what they're given now um, many of these guys are in prison for things that they may or may not have done because they're on suspected crimes um, you know we should we should treat these guys a little bit more fairly um, arguably the most significant development of the strike was when Bobby Sands entered the campaign for Member of Parliament for Northern Ireland in the county of Fermang. Um, never been done before. Prisoner in 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 prison, not just a convicted prisoner, a prisoner in prison, not been released, runs for MP, Member of Parliament in the British um, uh, in the British Parliament, and on April the tenth. After 41 days on hunger strike, and much to the shock of the IRA leadership, Bobby Sands won his seat with more than 30,000 votes. So now, you've got a man in prison, on hunger strike, he's been on a hunger strike for 41 days, but he's a member of the British Parliament. He now has more rights than your average person. Um, his election sent shockwaves throughout Ireland and the British government as well. After all, the British policy of criminalisation, depending on their assertions, was that the IRA had little public support and were just a band of renegade criminals. That was how the British saw them. Well, you've now got an IRA member in prison and also a member of parliament. I'm pretty sure these aren't just a band of renegade criminals. They have quite a bit of support however despite his new political status as an mp and increased public pressure the british government under margaret thatcher refused to move an inch towards reconciliation enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Sands conditioned 
uh, sorry, Sands' condition continued to worsen, and he remained in prison in the hospital ward of the prison. And eventually, on May the third, Sands lapsed into a coma. His family was called to visit him, and on Tuesday the fifth of May, nineteen eighty-one, after sixty-six days on hunger strike, Bobby Sands died. Now, Bobby Sands' death launched enormous reaction around the world. Hundreds of thousands marched in support of prisoners' demands and a statement of deep regret was issued by the US government. Irish unions waged strikes. Newspapers around the world condemned the callousness of Margaret Thatcher to allow a fellow member of parliament to die and riots flared up on the streets of Northern Ireland. And you can totally understand why. This wasn't just your normal criminal that had died. This was a man who was just essentially asking for his rights to be given back. The rights that he had before to be given back to him. He wasn't asking for, you know, to be released. He wasn't asking for, uh, essentially, I don't even think he was asking for special treatment, really. One visit a week, um, things like that. They're not massive requests, but... Margaret Thatcher, I mean we did an episode on Margaret Thatcher, she has gone down in British history as one of the most controversial Prime Ministers in British history and this is one of the main reasons. Her decision to deal with what she called the Irish problem, um, well, it didn't work, you know, and it really didn't work. If anything, it made the problem a hundred times worse. Had the British government offered Bobby Sands his political status back possibly it could have been a different outcome possibly she could have been remembered as the politician who tried to lend the olive branch to the IRA in fact she was known as a politician who slammed the door in their face and caused so many problems like she was like I said in in that episode she was the target of a terrorist attack someone tried to kill her Um, and a lot of this was motivated around the Bobby Sands incident many people in Ireland now call him Sir Bobby Sands obviously he's not a knight of the British Empire so it's not something that we recognise I was talking to one of my friends who is from Ireland and has a lot of family out there and when I said I'm doing an episode on Bobby Sands uh, he messaged me back and saying I think you mean Sir Bobby Sands and I was like well, I mean, no, because he's not been knighted. And he went, well, in Ireland, he's known as Sir Bobby Sands. And I was like, right, okay, I'll make sure I put that in. Um, you know, he was he, he was a very controversial figure. But what he sparked by his protest will never be forgotten because the escalation of Northern Ireland in the 1980s stemmed almost directly from this hunger strike from the fact that Margaret Thatcher allowed another member of parliament to die whilst in prison when she could have done something about it um and that is that is really the be all and end all of it it was a huge huge protest it was like it's, like i said it was seen all around the world even the us government um condoned it there was so many people around the world that were 100% against this um and it just shows cuz when he was uh, when he was buried his funeral possession 
procession um, was attended by more than 100,000 people. Um, I mean, that's just astronomical. And Bobby Sands was not the only one. After Sands died, nine more prisoners died before the hunger strike was finally called off in October the 3rd, 1981. Um, shortly thereafter, reforms for all prisoners were granted um, that greatly met their demands. So his demands were met, but 10 people had to die during a hunger strike before the British government would budge on their political status for criminals and you wonder why and for the British people who are dead set against the IRA and I totally understand why because I never lived during the 80s and I don't know the fear that people had um, you know I know my dad um, is or was a police officer many of you will remember uh, or have listened to episodes and I always remember when he was in training, this was 22 years ago, so in, in the year 2000, he had members of his class that were from Northern Ireland that had come over uh, to London to join the Metropolitan Police. And I always remember one day, they, when they train the police, especially the Met Police, they stay at Hendon Training Centre. Um, and they stay there for the duration of eight weeks while they're training. And... He had these Northern Ireland um, friends who were in training with him. And one of them decided, as a prank, to put a balaclava on and break into someone's room and start screaming at them in Irish, saying that we're going to kill you and, you know, things like that. And this guy was actually um, hugely reprimanded. I think, if I'm right, my dad even said he was kicked out of the course or at least kicked back a course, you know. Um, so he had to, he couldn't pass out in that class. He had to go down a class and redo his training. Um, and this was all because of a prank. But this just shows that even 20 years after the Troubles um, in the year 2000, the the thought of the IRA still provokes a huge um, uncertainty in the British population. And I totally understand why. However, if you are an open-minded person, you can listen to stories like this and totally understand why the IRA did what they did. Now, I don't, like I said right at the start, I don't condone violence on either side. I don't condone the British Army's actions in Northern Ireland, and I don't condone the IRA's action in Britain. I think, realistically... I think it's just it's a it's an issue that I don't think is going to get resolved. It's certainly not going to get resolved on a podcast. Um, but I do think that there are towns in Northern Ireland like Derry that are one hundred percent for Irish unity for an, for a united Ireland, and then you've got other sections of Derry um, that they call London Derry for some unknown reason, but it's not. It's Derry. Um, that are you know they want to have their own northern ireland and again i get that you know you've got people who have lived there all their life and are protestant and class themselves as british and don't want to don't want to be removed from that you know they had the independence vote in scotland and and they lost because there are a lot of people in scotland that have 
family generation after generation after generation who have considered themselves British who have even fought for the British army um, and they don't want to lose that identity so I totally understand both sides of the coin um, but like I said uh, a little while ago if somebody came into England and took a big chunk of England and said you can't have that anymore it's now ours for our people um, or for, for this group of people in your country that don't want to be part of you um, I think I'd I'd be a bit annoyed about that so you know it, it's a very it's a very touchy subject um, the IRA um, and I do want to cover the troubles in Northern Ireland but I'm I'm trying to find a way of doing it where I don't offend anybody because I'll be 100% honest with you guys um, the IRA have not disappeared despite what people tell you and I wouldn't want to piss them off um, and I certainly certainly don't and I think by um, I mean like I said my attitude on it is is a united island is probably the only way forward and I may even see that in my lifetime um, but like I said the, the troubles will be coming I will do it uh, just trying to find a way of doing it where it's respectful um, and doesn't fall too biased on any side because at the end of the day I am British I am English and I I don't like the fact that the IRA did what they did uh, whether I understand it or not is a very different matter I certainly don't agree with it so that's your your story on Bobby Sands MP or if you're Irish Sir Bobby Sands um, I do want a little bit of feedback on this episode because it is a different episode it is one that I wasn't sure about doing um, but it is one that I feel needs to be done I think it is something that people should know about I think a lot of people don't know about this story and it is something that um, you know it should be spoken about because it is a huge part of British history and it's a part of British history that as British we've swept it under the rug much like the war of uh, 1776 we don't talk about it in this country because we lost we don't talk about things where the British lost and at the end of the day we lost this war even though Bobby Sands passed away um, they gave they gave in in the end um, Margaret Thatcher should have given in well before she did but she did give in in the end and you know the lady was for turning it just had to come at the death of 10 people before she decided to actually do something again this is why she was one of the most controversial figures um, again in Britain as well you know Bobby Sands was a socialist now socialism I am not a fan of socialism it's not a it's not a political movement that I stand with but there are a lot of people in this country that do stand with it um, I like certain ideologies of um, socialism the sense that you know if you have a for example a an NHS like we have that is definitely a socialist policy and realistically when the government owned our rail systems and when the government owned our uh, gas systems and electric board and things like that before they sold it off for bits it worked and people didn't have extortionate gas prices and everybody paid the same amount for the same size property and the same amount per unit and the, it was a bit fairer it, 
is not fair now. You know, we have gas prices. Uh, when I say gas, Americans, that is the actual gas, so heating, not petrol that you decide to call gas. You call it a liquid a gas. It's not. Um, it's not the gas is an actual gas. But our gas prices, our electricity prices, um, they've gone up since we sold off uh, British Rail, British Gas, and things like that. They've all been sold to different countries and different companies. So there are many things of socialism that does work. And I think the best way of any political movement is a bit of both. But during Margaret Thatcher's reign, who was a staunch conservative, any socialist ideas were scary to her. They were really scary and she did not like them. So this man not only represented uh, an enemy, as she saw, because he was linked with the IRA, he also represented a political enemy because he had such very different views uh, than she did and that's probably one of the reasons why she didn't give in I believe she actually said that letting him die was one of her biggest regrets um, unfortunately it's too little too late I'm afraid you can't you can't do that you can't let someone die and then go oops sorry shouldn't have done that it's too little too late I'm afraid so Margaret Thatcher unfortunately uh, as much as I do do actually like some of the things she did this was not one of them but thank you for listening guys I'm going to say this again I say it every single week all these episodes go out on Patreon first none of these episodes on Patreon have adverts um, please 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 get yourselves over there I know I say it every week um, but the reason a lot of these podcasts are coming few and far between is because I just don't have the time to do them at the moment work is extremely busy and I want to get to a point where I can do this as a full-time job and the only way I can do that and entertain you guys with maybe two or three episodes a week would be uh, for people to join Patreon to a point where I would no longer have to work so hopefully fingers crossed um some of you guys think oh you know we like that idea and um can give over your hard-earned cash of five dollars a month um, and join the patreon and uh, help me move forwards with this podcast but if you can't afford to do that or you you don't want to join patreon you you're happy with things as they are i say again please 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 share this episode another way of doing it is for me to get adverts advertisers to come onto this show and sell me their adverts the only way again of doing that is to have more and more listeners more people coming back every single week and enjoying the podcast so if you can do that that would be fantastic just share your favorite episode and leave me a review on itunes if you can do that that'd be fantastic so thank you very much for listening guys and just remember we all have history make yours great see you next week bye-bye everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.